Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Amber and Ian. Amber Wilson is here. Ian Fitzsimmons is not. Jonathan Zaslow in the seat for Ian yeah. Fitzsimmons tonight. ESPN Radio presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We have more 305 representation in the house. And Jonathan Zaslow, you're a Miami Marlins fan. Yeah. I don't know if you've been dialed in and watching the NLDS, but that environment in Philly doesn't it just remind you of home? You know, it's like the oh. Miami Marlins, just like a notch below what's been happening. Yeah, I, I look at like, like the Phillies catcher, JT Real Muto, was the Marlins catcher. The Marlins yep. traded him there because he requested a trade. It's like, oh, this may have had a little bit to do with why you, you wanted to go play somewhere else. It, it looks kind of fun. It looks kind of cool. I, I, I love the Major League Baseball playoffs, even if I don't love Major League Baseball the way that I used to. I love the Major League Baseball playoffs, and I, I'm having a really weird – like the best series so far, it kind of stinks because – of the eight series there have been so far, four wildcard, four divisional, six have been sweeps, mm-hmm. and the other two did not go the distance. But the Phillies and Braves was a super intriguing series nonetheless, which, of course, ended last night. And I'm having a really weird experience, though, Amber. Like, I wonder if, you, if you've ever experienced something like this with a player. Like, not a player who played for your team or or currently plays for your team. I, I'm having a weird experience when I watch the Phillies and Bryce Harper because I, I did not like Bryce Harper when he got to the majors. Not at all. Like, I do not like that guy. He's, he's really cocky, and I just – I am not into him. You know, there was one occasion where when he was playing for the Nationals and he was chirping at the Marlins bench and he takes the bat and he holds it out in front. You know, like he's got an extra appendage, you know, and he's waving it at it. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm not, like, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Bri- what you're putting down. I don't like that Bryce Harper. And so I have a weird experience now because he's so cool. And, 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 I, and I think I really like him now. He's really cool, and he's really good. He's like an amazing October player. And I went from really disliking him to now it's like, yeah, I really like you. You're cool, and I root for you now. Even though he plays for Philly, which, you know, I, I don't like. Because he lived up to the hype, right? I mean, he comes in, he's the number he's one so overall cool. pick. It makes you automatically easy to dislike. He's handsome, he's flashy, he's cocky, he's all those things. Yeah. And then he comes in, and then he's as great in Major League Baseball as he was supposed to be, as a prospect heading into yeah. the league. And at some point, now that he's been doing this thing for well over a decade, you just kind of have to throw your hands up to the greatness. And like, ah, right, that's like you're, you know? you're cool, and you're awesome, yeah. and you're fun, and, and you... You're, you're, you're clutch. You come up with the big home runs and the big moments. And, and then you're running the bases and you push your helmet off so everybody could see you got the bandana and the hair. So cool. And it's like, you're so cool. I wish I had hair like that. Yeah, everybody wishes they had hair like that, right? So I get it. I never disliked Bryce Harper, but I could understand how a lot of people probably feel the way that you feel. That's an interesting conversation. Who's the athlete who you used to hate 
who you now like. And not because they came to your team, because that right. would be the obvious one. If they joined yeah, your team, you all right, fine. That. Yeah, you're obviously you're going to root for them then. No, like the random athlete who you have no affiliation with, yeah. but you ended up having to come around and liking them. For me, it's Tom Brady. I mean, I could not stand Tom Brady. I, I'm a Dolphins fan. I could not mm-hmm. stand Tom Brady for so many years. And it wasn't just the Dolphins thing. It's, you know, the Patriots, right? They were so easy yep. to hate. The dynasty component, you get so tired of them. The Patriot way, it was all nauseating if you were on the outside cheating. looking in. The cheating, that wasn't helpful. And then at some point with Tom Brady, it was like, not right. You know, this guy I mean, is the greatest. What am I going to do? And I had to come around and realize I was witnessing greatness and I might as well appreciate it. So you like it. him now. It became easier to like him when he left and went to Tampa. I'll yeah. admit that. Yeah. But I think even had he stayed in New England, I would not have hated him throughout his entire career. I mean, at some, I, even those last few years in New England, I softened on my stance towards Oh, I didn't. I, I feel you with... Tom Brady moving to Tampa, but if he would have stayed in New England, I would not have softened my stance on him. Give us a call. I want to know what do the people think because there's probably some interesting answers here. If you want to join this conversation, who is the athlete that you used to hate that their greatness you just had to come around on? I'm sure some people were like that with Derek Jeter. There's a lot of different places that we could go. Maybe And it can't be that they then came and played for your team. That's too easy. Yeah, that's too easy. Just with the greatness. Triple eight, say ESPN 888-729-3776. That's how you join the conversation here on Amber and Ian. Jonathan Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. Let's have another conversation, though, while we wait for those phone calls. James Harden, he's back at it again, Zaslow. He finally got in front of a microphone. We know that he wasn't there for media day. Okay, he didn't show up for media day for the 76ers. Then he showed up, right, to training camp. So he's been at camp. He's been practicing. He's been doing all the things the man wants to get paid. Apparently he's good behavior. Apparently, a company guy, this James Harden. Well, James Harden now, he's also fulfilling his media obligations. Here is the 76ers guard talking about the situation that he has right now with the Sixers front office. For me, it's just trusting the people that you've known over decades. You got traded here. My, my whole thing was I wanted to retire at 60. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to be here and retire at 60. And the front office didn't have that in their, in their future plans. You know what I mean? So, like, it's literally out of my control. Um, it's something that I, I didn't, I didn't want to happen. And it's just to be in this position. But you know, I, I got to make a, a decision for you know my family. I, I understand this is a business. You know what I mean? So, it's just as simple as that. You know what I mean? I, I come here today and work, work my butt off and, and do, do the things necessary as a professional as, as I would do and as I've been doing for 15 years. Well, hold on. There needs to be an asterisk there because maybe he wanted to retire a 76er, but he wanted to retire a 76er with X amount of dollars. There's so much context he leaves out of that statement. So much. I mean, I don't discount the fact that, sure, he would have been fine retiring a 76er if if they gave him the extension that he wanted, which is what they did not do, right? That was the caveat there. So, yes, if they paid me, you know, like if ESPN pays me anything I want forever, then sure, like I'll be at ESPN forever, right? Like it's a very easy thing to say, and there's a huge caveat there. So it's not that the 76ers front office didn't want him to retire a 76er. It's that James Harden was only going to do that for a certain price, and they didn't want to pay it. I guarantee you the Sixers were totally cool with James Harden retiring a 76er at the price they value him at. I guarantee you they were totally good with it. And James Harden values himself 
at a completely different price, which, by the way, the rest of the league feels the same way as the Sixers. Because if it were otherwise, there would be teams lining up to trade for him. And then the whole part about, like, I I didn't want to be in this position. James, it was your choice. You opted into the contract. It was your choice to be in that position. But so there's so much context that was left out of there. We obviously know where, 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 where the frustration comes from because, yeah, it was about money. And he's calling Daryl Morey a liar. And in James Harden's mind, he probably was, you know, less than truthful because the Sixers decided, yeah, we don't feel you're worth that money anymore that maybe Woody would have made you whole when we had this conversation, a low-key conversation, don't tell the NBA about it, salary cap violations, and then they decided, yeah, you know what, we're not quite sure about that little, you know, uh, uh, handshake agreement that we may have had behind the scenes, and so now James Harden's angry about it, but the whole, I wanted to retire a sixer, it's, it's a value that we're talking about here. The Sixers would have been totally good with it, and James Harden feels it's very personal now because... It's always personal when the player doesn't get what he's asking for. When the player leaves, then it's business. But when the player doesn't get what he wants, it's very, very personal. And that's what we're dealing with right now. Now, I don't doubt, because James Harden has left a lot of money on the table throughout his career with some of the antics that he's had here at the several stops that he has made along the way. So I don't doubt that he was under the impression that if he opted in to that $35.5 million player option, that Daryl Morey would try to trade him. I don't doubt that. I think in James Harden's... Now, whether Morey directly told him that or not, that is something that none of us know. My guess is Maury left James Harden with the impression that they had the sort of relationship that Daryl Maury would try to do right by James Harden to some semblance of that. Whatever that means. Hey, buddy, I'll try to trade you. Except for, that doesn't necessarily mean that Daryl Maury meant, I'm going to try to trade you and I will trade you for whatever, right? Whatever the Clippers want to give me, I will take and I will trade you for that because you and I are BFF. That doesn't seem reasonable from a a guy like Daryl Morey, who we've seen be unbelievably patient with players in the past. I mean, that's a a GM who we saw spent a year before he got rid of Ben Simmons, right? Like, he will let a player sit out for an entire year Mm -hmm. while he waits to get what he wants in return for that player. So why James Harden thought that if he looked at the history with Daryl Morey, I don't know. And we don't know what those conversations were with behind closed doors. But I also don't think that, James Harden opts into that $35.5 million player option, even though, yes, it's a lot of money. He has also, if you look at his history, been known to leave some money on the table in order to go where he wants. So maybe the truth lies somewhere in the middle between those two parties. The relationship appears to be fractured, but the reality is he only wanted to retire a 76er if they paid him, and they haven't paid him what he wants. That's it. That's the reality. Yep. Yeah. And and, and by the way, I think Daryl Morey is making a major mistake here with the way that he's handling this situation. Like, it's not a situation like where Damian Lillard was in Portland and Joe Cronin's willing to wait months if it takes months. Like, Portland was rebuilding, Mm -hmm. all right? So they can afford to wait out a Lillard deal if they wanted to. Philadelphia has the reigning MVP in Joel Embiid and are trying to win a title right now while this window, they believe, is open. How can you have this situation 
on your team to open this season when you have those type of expectations. I think I think it's a major mistake. If I'm Joel Embiid, I'm like, why are we wasting a year of my prime over this? We need to move forward here. And, hey, I've never been a play. I don't know. You look at me. I'll, I'll let you in on, on a little bit of a secret here. I was, I've never been a professional basketball player, all right? But I would imagine if I was in the locker room, I'm saying to myself, we got a guy here who's made it clear he's not on the same page with all of us. He doesn't want to be here. I'm trying to win a championship. And the players can tell you over and over, ah, it's business, it's business. I don't know. That, that, that seems like a major distraction to me. If you haven't seen Jonathan Zaslow, you can Google him or not follow professional. him. At Zaslow's show, you'll be shocked when you see him that he's never been a professional basketball player. I agree with you. I think Maury's making a mistake because also, unlike the Damian Lillard situation, this is just the last year here on this player option for James Harden. So either you get something or you get nothing. And he walks, right? Why wouldn't you get something if you can? Nevertheless, it seems like right now they're at an impasse, but James Harden, he's showing up. He's playing ball quite literally. Coming up next here. On Amber and Ian, what player is just too good for you to hate? You had to come around on, you used to hate that player, and over the course of that player's career, you kind of had to throw your hands up, and you ended up finding that you were liking that guy. For Jonathan Zaslow, it was Bryce Harper. For me, it was Tom Brady. Join the conversation. Triple Eight, say ESPN. We'll get to your phone calls next. Monday on ESPN Radio. From the wild card to the National League Championship Series, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Philadelphia Phillies go head-to-head in game one of the best of seven. Game one of the Diamondbacks and Phillies. Coverage begins Monday at 7.30 Eastern with first pitch at 8 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Zaslow has seen Pearl Jam perform this song live 349 times. What a song. Why you got to roll your eyes? (laughs) 
I just don't. She is I mean, a certified hater. I can't lie. I, well, that's true. But also, I mean, we did this for years on local and we had our show together in Miami. I just, I marvel at it every time because I don't love anything the way Jonathan Zaslow loves Pearl Jam. It's like oh, yeah. Ian Fitzsimmons. I know I probably love nothing on earth as much as Ian Fitzsimmons loves college football. I also probably love nothing as much as you love Pearl Jam because there is no band that I would like no band. And I like a lot of bands, but I right. can't see myself going to the same concert, you know, 27 times. And right, but that's the whole point. It's not the same concert. It's the same band, but it's, it's not the, the same, same concert. We've had this conversation a hundred times. I'm talking in circles here. It's the same concert. I mean, it's the same. It's the same song. All their songs sound the same. It's the same okay. peanut butter stuck in your voice, in your throat <laughs> voice that Eddie Vedder has. Anyways, I digress. We're on national. We got to move forward here. We we have to move forward from the bits that we used to do on our Miami show all the time. We don't have to move past. It's not a bit. This is my life. We don't have to. <laughs> we don't have to move past though. Uh, our sports takes because we revealed. That Jonathan Zaslow has had to come around on Bryce Harper. And yeah. speaking of the roads of the cool. world, the roads to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Bryce Harper right now is, in fact, on the road to the World Series. And at some point in Harper's career over the last 13 years, Jonathan Zaslow has thrown up his hands and decided, all right, fine, that dude's too cool. He's too good. I just can't hate him anymore. And it got us into a conversation of who is that player for you? Triple Eight, say ESPN. That's how you join the conversation here on Amber and Ian Cameron is calling us from Houston. Hey, Cameron, who do you have for us? Hey, so uh, I'm a huge Dallas Cowboys fan, and probably the person that I'm going to have to say is Aaron Rodgers. He's broken my heart many times, whether it's the regular season, the postseason. He's hurt my feelings a lot. But after watching Hard Knocks, after watching him on Aaron Rodgers Tuesday on the Pat McAfee show, shout out, you can't not love that dude. His vibe and, of course, his just electrifying play style. Do you think if that guy ever gets to call into the McAfee show, he like shouts out Amber and Ian? Shout out! Um, that would be cool if that happened, um, but I don't think it does. I think only Pat McAfee has that effect around here. Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure no coincidence that when he leaves the conference that Cameron all of a sudden comes around on him, but it's also true. I mentioned for me that player is Tom Brady, and it was helpful. Once Brady left the Patriots as a Dolphins fan and he went to Tampa, he became a lot more likable to me. It's interesting, though, that, that Cameron had that perspective, though, because I feel like, like he's gotten to learn more of Aaron Rodgers' personality, and so he likes him now, when I feel like there's a lot of people who feel the opposite, where because he's been so vocal the last few years about whatever, that people have gone to not wanting to hear from him as much. That's interesting that he has that perspective. I mean, I'm one of those people generally, and not really because of anything specific that Aaron Rodgers has said, just generally with the like over coverage of Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and how much in this job I have now had to talk about Aaron Rodgers for the last three years of my life, an unbelievable amount. And so much of it, I feel like is on Aaron Rodgers, you know, because he loves it. He wants us to talk about him all the time. He puts himself in the headlines. So I have found my taste for Aaron Rodgers, my affection changing over, the years based on sort of just how much coverage we have, frankly, of Aaron Rodgers. That can happen with a lot of different athletes. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Clay is calling us from Alabama. Hey, Clay, thanks for the call. Who do you have? I got uh, Andrew Luck. Uh, I'm a big Tennessee Titans fan, and I cannot stand Andrew Luck. I think he beat us like six times in a row at one point, but uh, 
when he had started uh, talking about retiring because he kept, you know, getting hurt, the guy received so much hate. And I was like, man, stop picking on the guy, you know, but I had to come around and start like So you liked him once he retired and so he could no longer beat your team. I'm seeing a theme here in terms of beating teams, but that's a funny nomination to me, Zaz. Because I felt like Andrew Luck was university like universally liked. It, that is funny because he, he it seems like such a nondescript guy to love or hate while he's if he's not on your team. But I do understand his perspective where when you do get to know his personality, he does come off very likable. So I mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. Ryan is calling us from Alabama. Alabama showing up tonight. Hey Ryan, go ahead. Huge in Alabama. Yeah, mine's Kobe. I was always a Spurs fan and honestly just a hater till the end of his career when he kind of come to the realization of just how good he really was. There's probably a lot of people with that Kobe nomination because he, again, Zaslow, I mean, well, also some of the things that happened in his career, but he's that guy who was unbelievably yes. cocky. You know, the work ethic shoved down our throats with Kobe Bryant. I could see a lot of people. Doesn't feeling, pass the ball. Yes. You know, that kind of deal, Yeah, right? ball hog, all that. Puts up every shot, you know, wants all the credit. And 81 then, points, how many assists did you have? Yeah, and then all, and then at some point you're like, all right, that dude's amazing. You have to come around on it. Triple eight, six. Hey, ESPN, James is calling us from Michigan. Hey, James, who's your player? Mine would have to be Shaq. <clears throat> when I grew up, he had this whole spread in Sports Illustrated, I think, about him, like, breaking backboards and all this kind of stuff. And I was just like, oh, this guy's ridiculous. But then you realize that, like, there was this whole movement about the hack of Shaq, and you look at how good he actually was, and you're like, oh, maybe he's actually good enough to change the game and all that. And then, you know, he's actually hilarious, too. Like, now he's a broadcaster, and he's actually really funny. So, mine would be Shaq. Yes, Shaq's amazing. How can anyone have not liked Shaq at one that, point? That's he's what so I don't, likable. I, I mean, he was so good and so dominant. So, I guess I could see it from that perspective, from a basketball perspective. But that dude is so likable. Like, he's hilarious. Him, amazing. Charles Barkley. I, and I feel like with Shaq, we knew that before the broadcasting career. Yes. Yes. Oh, I can understand people not liking Barkley at first. He was so mean as a player. He was right. nasty and really mean and not a nice guy. But you, but you didn't know it until the broadcasting career, how funny and likable Charles Barkley was. That mm-hmm. one makes a little bit more sense. Shaq, I feel like we always knew it yeah. with him. So yeah. I'm surprised that anybody would feel that way about Shaq, but it must have just been that domination, the physical domination. Nobody could defend that guy. What could you do? Nobody had answers for Shaq. Also, you and I, you know, we, we extra like Shaq because Miami oh, Heat, Shaq. that I whole championship, you. that was pretty fun. Triple H, say ESPN, if you want to continue to join the conversation next. Hey, it's your resident Super Bowl champ, Chris Cannon. Coming up Monday, Cowboys legend Emmett Smith joins us in studio 7.30 Eastern to talk all things Dallas. It's Unsportsmanlike, 6 a.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Catch all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Jonathan Zaslow is here. He is filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight alongside me, Amber Wilson. And we are asking you, America, who is the player that you used to hate and then you just had to come around and start loving them because they were just so good. Their greatness eclipsed your hate. Not the guy or the gal who came to your team because that's too, too easy. easy. Obviously, then you're going to come around and start liking that person. But instead, the guy or the gal that you had no affiliation with, but the greatness just ended up overwhelming you. For Zaslow, that experience was the Bryce Harper experience. He and I do not now. like the Phillies, I, you know, by any stretch. Yes. And I still got to – Bryce Harper's so cool. Uh, what can you what can you do right what can you do 13 years do in anything. what can you do Bryce Harper that dude's pretty good he lives up to that whole number one overall pick hype for me it was Tom Brady that guy also you know ended up uh, working out pretty well Decent. in the league I had to come around on that one Aaron Goldhammer ESPN Cleveland also our colleague here at ESPN Radio Goldhammer who is your nomination for that so can I pick somebody who's not in a team sport? Because when he was coming up, I thought Tiger Woods was the cockiest. And I was like, man, I, I just I can't get on board with this guy. And then when he stopped winning all the time and he ran into the adversity, suddenly I became a big Tiger fan. And by the 2019 Masters, he totally won me over. And now I have like Tiger Woods apparel and Tiger Woods shirts and hats and all of that. So I think oddly here, my guy is a guy who doesn't play team sports. I think it's Tiger Woods. I bet there's a lot of people that feel like that about Tiger, frankly. So then don't you regret it, though, because you like him so much now? Wouldn't you have wanted to be rooting for him while he was doing no, all the winning? No, no. That, that is such a, like, Microsoft Heat fan, such a Jonathan <laughs> Zaslow thing to say. I, I, I don't root for Microsoft. I like rooting for Tiger when he's more the underdog. And the idea that he could, like, come back and still be competitive now, I know people are dreaming about that. I just feel honored to, like, see his presence still out on the golf course because now, in hindsight, I realize how important he was in the history of the sport. But you didn't appreciate the greatness when you were re- when you no, were watching. I was rooting. I was rooting vehemently for Chris DeMarco <laughs> and Rocco Mediate. 
<laughs> uh, well, that worked out well for you. Aaron Goldhammer, you can hear him, of course, on ESPN Cleveland. You also can keep calling in with your nominations. Triple eight, say ESPN. We will get back to your phone calls in just a moment. But first, Goldhammer, we've got to talk to you about the dumpster fire that is right now. Oh, Once again, on. you're 437. Thanks. The Cleveland Browns. I mean, what is happening? Is Deshaun, like, let's just start. Like, is Deshaun Watson injured? Does he play for the Browns anymore? Yes, Deshaun Watson is actually injured. And the Browns have just messaged this terribly. But he has a significant shoulder injury, guys. And look, Deshaun Watson's history at Clemson and the NFL is that he drives in a car for 12 hours when doctors won't let him fly to play in a game. So I don't want to hear the he's not tough, he's just... You know, the $230 million contract, the conspiracy theories. He has a real significant shoulder injury. um, And I I think when you have an injury to your throwing shoulder and you're a quarterback, that's a major problem. So I think he'll be back at some point this year. But I think Browns fans better wrap their heads around the idea, not just that obviously he's going to miss Sunday's game against the 49ers, which the Browns probably weren't going to win anyway, that he's probably now going to be out a couple of additional weeks potentially before they finally get him right for the second half of the season. So you're saying the Browns have messaged it poorly. Like what? I I guess so, because why am I reading that the Browns cleared him a couple weeks ago? Well, because they keep saying, you know, Either that they cleared him to play and he didn't want to play or he didn't feel comfortable playing. The the reality of it is the most important thing to note here is that Watson doesn't feel like he could be himself. End of story. I don't think there's anything else amiss with this. I don't think there's a secret injury. I don't buy a conspiracy theory. I've just been around the Browns enough to know that they're like an incompetent organization when it comes to this stuff. So I think if they had just clearly said at the beginning, look, he's got a shoulder injury, he'll be back when he's back, but there are other quarterbacks involved. And the the other thing, too, that I think played a role in this is Watson himself didn't handle it well. I think he said, I'm going to play, don't worry, I'll fight through it. And then he came to realize on game day two weeks ago that he couldn't throw, and he's still in a position where he can't throw. So I'm not a conspiracy theorist here, guys. I just think the Browns are in a position where – Like many seasons we've seen them before, they're going to play their third quarterback five weeks into the season. Uh, Many, many, many seasons that we've seen them before. Aaron Goldhammer, you can catch him, of course, on ESPN Cleveland and right here on ESPN Radio. So despite coming off of this bye, he misses every practice. We have no idea when we're going to see him play again. What is the temperature of the fan? Because you're doing a lot of defending of Deshaun Watson, which I understand. I heard Mary Kay Cabot also say that Deshaun has been known in his career to play through injuries. He has been known throughout his entire career to be a tough guy. So it's hard to imagine now that he's not. But what is the Cleveland fan that has dealt with so much over all these years? What are they looking at the situation as? Amber, the reality here is that Browns fans have had to deal with all the negatives of acquiring Deshaun Watson. You know, do we cheer for this guy? Do we buy his jersey? The 26 cases, the 11 game suspension, the having this fraught relationship with your franchise. And many of the fans still aren't back to supporting the team amidst the Watson era. They haven't had any of the fun. I mean, what has he played well for about a quarter during his entire Browns tenure. So the whole thing, I mean, I hate to be over dramatic, has been a complete and total nightmare, and now he's not healthy. At some point, this could still pay off if he takes the Browns to the Super Bowl. 
But if he plays like the 28th best quarterback in the league or he's injured and you're forced to play the leading passer in the history of the Houston Roughnecks of the XFL, (laughs) then life is not very good for you right now as a Browns fan. It's been a pretty miserable experience, the Deshaun Watson era so far in Cleveland on multiple levels. You know what's funny? I heard uh, Evan Cohen say this on uh, on Sportsmanlike, our morning show on ESPN Radio this morning. It was a great point. Um, the the Watson, like people have been afraid to talk about him, the football player. The reality of it is the football player since he left Houston has stunk, you know, and he's got to be better if the Browns are going to come close to reaping the benefits of the $230 million guaranteed contract they signed him to. Yeah, so I want to ask you about that here because at the end of last season, you know, the front office can rationalize, all right, he was away from football for over a year. You know, he's going to have a full off season, a full camp. He's going to be ready to go. He's within our system now. You could you, you could talk yourself into Deshaun Watson looking closer to Houston to Deshaun Watson. But if we pump the Cleveland front office with truth serum, we, we, we wrap them with Wonder Woman's lasso of truth. What they've seen out of Deshaun Watson so far this year they would tell you what? Underwhelming. And they'd probably try to make a bunch of excuses, but the reality of it is, you know, he played a Monday night football game in Pittsburgh where he needed to run the water boy offense, just take a knee and let the defense win the game for you. And he handed the Steelers two touchdowns. He played okay against Tennessee, but his fans in Cleveland want you to believe that that was like a Patrick Mahomes-level game. Like, that was like a B game for what we expected when the Browns acquired Deshaun Watson. So I think the reality of it is like all the people in this front office, the coaching staff, they know their future, their careers are tied to Deshaun Watson. They got to feel real concerned right now. The Browns defense has been a lot better than people thought, but he has been incredibly underwhelming. And I'm sick of hearing excuses about he sat out for all this time and blah, blah, blah. Like, what are you, the the 21st best quarterback in the NFL? You're really going to get outplayed by the, the likes of uh, Kenny Pickett on a national TV game? That's not acceptable. It's certainly not acceptable. The Nick Chubb injury, though, doesn't help the situation with Deshaun. At some point, though, we have to move on from the conversation of the suspension and how long Deshaun Watson has sat out and realize that maybe Deshaun Watson ain't the same player that he once was, except for Aaron. I feel like this stunts that conversation because now, once again, he's sitting out, right? And so now it's like, now we have the injury. Now we're going to sort of have another excuse or another reason to not really know what Deshaun Watson can potentially be there. Amber, here's the deal. Right now we're on the path, and I'm not saying this can't change. The Browns are four games into their season. They have 13 games to go. I don't know if that's exciting or I find that threatening, but they have 13 games left. That's a lot of the year. Right now we're on a path towards a new coach trying to fix Deshaun Watson. So is that Jim Harbaugh? Uh, is that Coach Prime coming from Colorado? Coach I don't. Is that Prime. Bill Belichick coming from the New England Patriots after they let him go? Like that's the sports talk conversation I envision if we are on this path that we're going to be having about the Browns in about four months. It's weird too how Stefanski's been handling this whole thing, where he's just you know nothing's torn, there's nothing wrong. Not good. 
not with good. Deshaun Amber, Watson's not good. Shoulder. I don't just understand dumb. that from a uh, it's, strategy it's, perspective. My, my understanding, again, is that this is a legitimate injury. I don't think it's fair to criticize Deshaun Watson for not being tough or that there's some ulterior motive here. I just think he's got an injured throwing shoulder, and when you're a starting quarterback in the NFL, that's a big problem. Yeah. It feels like a pretty big problem. Aaron Goldhammer, you can catch him on ESPN Cleveland, also around these parts right here on ESPN Radio. Thanks, Goldhammer. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you, guys. Triple H, say ESPN. That's how you join the conversation here on Amber and Ian. We are asking you, what player have you come around on? A player that you used to hate and you found yourself liking him. Kip is calling us from Arkansas. Go ahead, Kip. Who's that player for you? The player for me is Larry Bird. Larry Bird's one of those guys. And now I'm surprised. I don't, Zaslow, you would know maybe more than me. I don't remember the visceral hatred for Larry Bird, frankly. But I guess well, in my lifetime. Well, it's a lifetime, Boston L.A. thing. It's it's showtime. Right. You know, like, it's so, so yeah, you, you were on one. Back then in the 80s, like, you were on one side or the other. Are you a magic guy or are you a Larry guy? Now, right. how did he get to the place where he then decided he liked Larry Bird, maybe it has something to do with the same reasons that Magic eventually decided, you know what, I like Larry Bird. I mean, it's the greatness, right? The greatness factor ends up taking over. Triple H, say ESPN, that's how you join the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Ed is also calling us in regards to Larry Bird from Illinois. So, Ed, why did you come around on Larry Bird? Well. I was always a Magic fan, and I just saw uh, Larry's backstory, where he came from, uh, his dad's suicide and everything like that. And I don't just kind of came around after I heard all of that, and uh, I know he was a hell of a ball player and stuff, but like I said, I was always a Magic fan growing up. So there that's, you go, Zach. That's what it was. Exactly what you said. Yeah. Yeah, like the 80s, it was all about Lakers and Celtics, and you, you had to pick a side. You had to pick a side. There's no sides to pick here. We always love when you join the conversation. Triple Eight, say ESPN. That's the voice of Jonathan Zaslow. He is filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. So you can keep your phone calls coming on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Also, coming up next, we have to get back to our NFL picks. We will play some more Got One. Sunday on ESPN Radio. The Texas Rangers head south down I-45 to Houston to face the defending world champion Astros in game one of the American League Championship. Game one of the Rangers and Astros. Coverage begins Sunday at 7.30 Eastern with first pitch at 8 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We like the way that the NFL moves in week six. We have plenty more week six predictions to make. We'll play Got One in just a moment. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. So is Jonathan Zaslow because he's filling in for Ian Fitzsimmons tonight. You can find him at Zaslow Show. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. We are also asking you, America, who's the player that you used to hate that you've come around on, that you find yourself liking. We got into this conversation because Zaslow's had to come around on Bryce Harper over the last decade plus. He finds too himself good. liking too good. The hair too is cool. too good. The everything about it is just too good. So you've come around. I came around on Tom Brady during his career. That guy, Triple H, say ESPN. Jerry is calling us from Oklahoma. Hey, Jerry, thanks for the call. Go ahead. Yeah, Tiger Woods, he was my grandson's idol, so I took took him to see him, and he had such a foul mouth, we had to <laughs> leave, and I hear he doesn't do that anymore. Oh, so he cleaned, so Tiger cleaned <laughs> Likes it up. Likes him now. So now you've liked him. Uh, he had that potty mouth, I do not <laughs> like him, but now he's much older and more mature, and he... He is a he's a he's gentleman. Uh, I don't I like know him. if Tiger Woods has has cleaned up things uh, in his in his in terms of that is of his definitely language. true. I though. have no idea. That is definitely true. You know, if he hits one, uh, you know, hooks it a little or slices it, and he would yell out the expletives. That definitely is true. Well, and that's jarring in golf. I would say, right? Like yeah. that's more jarring. Maybe not. Oh, as a lot much of the other now, golfers particularly didn't like the in Tiger's day. Yeah. yeah. So, oh. That's what when Goldhammer said. And if you missed anything with Aaron Goldhammer, he was on with us last segment about the Deshaun Watson situation in Cleveland. You can check out the podcast on the ESPN app. But when Goldhammer also nominated Tiger Woods, I thought, yeah, there's probably a lot of people, frankly, that didn't like Tiger and then ended up coming around on Tiger because that dude just that great. Triple Eight say ESPN. Tim is calling us from Washington. State. Hey, Tim, who we got? Oh, it's got to be Tom Brady. So we agree there. Why'd you come around on Tom? I didn't like Tom Brady because, you know, he was just all the success with the Patriots. Everyone got tired of it. And then he beat my Seahawks from winning their second Super Bowl, but that wasn't Brady's fault. That was Pete Carroll's stupidest call in sports history. Anyway, uh, I really came around on Tom Brady when he went to the Bucks and they won the championship because I put $5 on our office pool and I won 400 of the $500 and that really changed my mind. Well, yeah, he helped me. You make some money. I understand uh, that helping change your mind. Maybe, maybe in this world that we live in now in 2023 with all of the betting, there's a lot more people softening their stance on some of these guys. Triple H say ESPN. Dan is calling us from Philly. Dan, who's your guy? Well, my guy is going to be Ronald Acuna Jr. Calling from Philly? I'm from Philly. I know, but you're going with Ronald Acuna? Yeah, but you're a Philly hater. Who's the Philly hater in there already? Why do you all hate Philly? Well, listen, I mean, I, we don't have enough time on this show to count the There's reasons. So many but... reasons. I mean, I'm going to be here forever. No, stop. No one's hating Philly. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, but the point is, like, like I just, I'm surprised that 
you would go from disliking to now you like Ronald Acuna? I mean, yes, I understand the Phillies have knocked the Braves out of the playoffs the last two years, but it's like that's an active rivalry. Yeah, there. that he likes that you that you came around on Ronald Acuna. Yeah, I think why? that is the surprise. Why did you come around? I came, the, I came the I came the other way on Acuna. I used to like him, but oh. now I realize he's a hot dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you're okay. not playing the game. Well, the what right took way. you so long to realize that? I mean, we all know that, you know. But that—that's the opposite. That's the bizarro version of this game. Uh, yeah, that's the different version of this game than we were playing. Uh, there's plenty of that probably as well. Uh, Harry, what did you just say in my ear? I you said stick with the calls. Yeah, <laughs> I said a little bit there. behind the scenes stuff. I said let's stick with the calls. Let's Got bump. it. Yeah, just okay. throw it all out on the we'll air. Just, Let's do we'll it. just throw it out. Uh, we're going to punt on our NFL picks. We will get back to them a little bit later in the show, but we're having so much fun talking to you. However, America, you got to play the game the right way. We're not asking who you ended up hating. <laughs> we're asking who you've come around to like. Triple H, say ESPN, who you ended up hating. That's a whole different segment on a whole different radio show. Jordan is calling us from Charlotte. Hey, Jordan, who you got? Hey, Amber. Um, so I am a lifelong UNC Tar Heel basketball fan, and so that means I don't like Duke. <laughs> right. And um, I never liked J.J. Redick. Um, but I've really come around on him, uh, seeing his analysis on ESPN and his impressive NBA career. I mean, he's a great shooter, and he really knows the game. Uh, so, so, Amber, that's, that's kind of skirting the game as well, you know, because he – he, he hasn't started to like J.J. Redick based on his play. It's completely removed. From, it's based on his second career. So that's skirting the game a little it's bit. It's fair, though, because with broadcasting, we do get to know these players in a different way, right? I mean, J.J. Redick is one of those players. He was very hateable to anybody outside of Oh, he's an all-time you know, guy that fans hated, hated from him. Duke. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, right? I mean, it was, it was, if you weren't a Duke fan, you were going to hate J.J. Redick. And yeah. then he goes on in the NBA, far less dislikable, right? He becomes, I think, likable guy to a lot of people during his NBA career, but then also now with the broadcasting. He has that effect on people, and he really knows his stuff. He's great at broadcasting here at ESPN, and because of that, a lot of people have probably come around. You're right, though. That wasn't just from the greatness of playing. There was yeah. some other things that gave people access to J.J. Redick, the person. Triple Eight, say ESPN, Bob from Syracuse. Bob, go ahead. You've got 20 seconds. How you doing? Mine's Muhammad Ali, and it's because he was so boastful when I was a kid. And then in 1990, I met him, and he's the only person I ever got an autograph from. He's the greatest fighter of all time. Uh, he, he was absolutely the greatest, Zaz. I think that a lot of people probably came around on Muhammad Ali. Now, yeah, that's that's interesting because you dislike him at first, so cocky, so, arrogant, I mean, all of it. But then also during his career, you kind of realize, you know, what he was all about. And he was like the ultimate, I'll put my money where my mouth is, athlete. Here's here's my championship, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to war. Like right. he's, so there, there was a lot to admire there. Right. I mean, there, obviously the stances that he took there outside of the ring and everything with his career, but just even in terms of the greatness, it's like you with Bryce Harper, you know? It's like he comes in with all the hype and then he lives up to the hype. The living up to the hype at some point when you actually deliver what you say you're going to deliver, you kind of have to come around. Hey, it's Michelle Smallman, and coming up Monday, I'll tell you why I need to see more from Justin Herbert and the Chargers. It's in Sportsmanlike, 6 a.m. Eastern, right here on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, and ESPNU.